Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll signs a record contract extension before spring training's even over. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? This is the game for you. To download the game, go to ultimatebaseballgm.com. Look it up in the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all caps, in the game. And speaking of GMs, Arizona Diamondbacks general manager Mike Hazen has locked up Corbin Carroll to an eight-year, $111 million extension. There's different club options and things like that. Uh, The club option uh, covers the ninth year for $23 million, brings it to nine years, $134 million. And there are $20 million in escalators in the deal. We don't know exactly what those are. In all likelihood, it's things around Rookie of the Year, MVP votes, stuff like that, that would increase future compensation. Not as complicated as the Julio Rodriguez deal, but in a similar vein. The total max value of this deal could be up to $154 million and would take Corbin Carroll into his age 30 season. I mentioned in the intro, this is a record. There has never been a contract signed for a player with less than 100 days of major league service time for this amount of money. The Arizona Diamondbacks, GM Mike Hazen, definitely feel that the talent, the makeup, the person that Corbin Carroll is, they are willing to commit to him for, again, up to nine years and up to $154 million. This buys out three years of minimum salaries. This buys out three years of arbitration and up to three years of free agency. And when you look at what Corbin Carroll has done, he is the favorite for rookie of the year in the National League. Uh, And there is a reason. His minor league slash line last year, looking at his time, he got 93 games between AA and AAA. He spent like two games in rookie ball. So messes the numbers a little bit. But, 307, 425, 611. We talk about that magical 300, 400, 500 slash line. Here's a 300, 400, 600 for you. 24 home runs, 54 extra base hits, 67 walks to 107 strikeouts, 31 of 36 on stolen bases. They felt comfortable making this deal, uh, not necessarily because of the minor league numbers. We've talked about this before. Amarillo, AA, AAA, Reno, uh, warm environments, the desert, the ball flies. So when they got him to Arizona, he, he got just over a month in the bigs, which to me was the perfect amount of time. He retained rookie eligibility, but you were able to see a large sample size to see what he did against Major League Pitching in Major League Parks, uh, figure out what he had to work on. He's now the favorite for Rookie of the Year. 
but you don't have to worry about the negative aspect as far as the team uh, having to give a, or the player getting a year of control of service time out of winning rookie of the year. You already signed him to an extension. There's no reason now to not debut him early or debut him on opening day. Let him contend for rookie of the year. The slash line that he had in those 32 games, 260, 330, 500. Four home runs, 15 extra base hits, eight walks to 31 strikeouts, two for three on stolen bases. There's a little bit of concern about the strikeout rate, a little bit higher than you saw when he was in the minors, but it's something where, one, that is typical. Two, you could see him adjust very well towards the very end of of his time. And you have to remember, Corbin Carroll was drafted in 2019 with the number one overall pick. He only played a total of 142 games in the minor leagues. So 2019, obviously, he got mostly rookie ball, 31 games there. He got 11 games in high A. You lost 2020. He was in the alternate site. 2021, he got seven games in before a, sh- a season-ending shoulder injury. So 22, double A, triple A, big leagues. Hitters are born, not made. Corbin Carroll just looks like he was born to hit baseballs. Plus power plus hit tool, and then the big thing here is the speed is so phenomenal. Uh, Yes, there's, again, I I mentioned the strikeout wasn't necessarily great. Looked like he struggled a little bit against lefties or some swing and miss, but the floor is so high because the defense is so good. Plus defender, 80-grade speed. We can cover a ton of ground out in Arizona. Uh, He played a lot of corner outfield when he came up last year. You already had uh, guys up. You had some Alec Thomas. He played five games in center, 25 in left, two in right. So does not sit in center field because there were guys already up that were doing that, whether it was a Walton Darsho, Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas, whatever. I expect he's probably going to be the center fielder this year because of that speed and how good that speed is. And then when you look at the position player core, he is uh, at, at the bottom, or I'm sorry, he is at the top, the first debuting of a group of fantastic position player prospects. Catcher Gabriel Moreno, acquired in the Dalton Varsho trade. Technically not a prospect, depending on who you ask. Shortstop Jordan Lawler. Uh, third baseman, Devison De Los Santos. Looks like he can be a power slugger. You have Drew Jones, who's a couple years away. But then you've got some really interesting pieces in here. First baseman Ivan Melendez to give you a big bat. So lots of options in there for guys that can come out, come up to this team and give you a very good position player core to go along with the pieces that are already there. The Alec Thomas, the Brian Hayes, guys, Josh Rojas. And so very promising future for Arizona. A lot of other options of guys that you could extend um, just kind of thinking about some of the guys that debuted last year. I could see Gabriel Moreno possibly being a guy that gets an extension offer from the Diamondbacks because you've seen what he can do at the major league level, albeit in a small sample in Toronto. Adley Rutschman looked fantastic, was second in war among catchers last year, despite not debuting till May. Look at some of the middle infield. Jeremy Pena, 
candidate for a long-term extension. Bobby Witt Jr., does Kansas City lock him up before he hits that next level of production? Gunnar Henderson had a fantastic debut for the Orioles last year. Do they want that cost certainty? And even some of the arms. Spencer Strider obviously got locked up already, but a George Kirby. I could see the Mariners trying to make a move to give themselves some certainty there. As well as the Reds may want to see if they can save a little bit of money on a Nick Lodolo or Hunter Green extensions. We're going to be talking about this tomorrow. If you have a guy who debuted in 2022 that you think would be a good candidate to get locked up early, let us know. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. This is you putting on your GM hat. And if you really enjoy your GM hat, you have to check out this new sponsor, Ultimate Baseball GM. It's a new partner of the network here. If you've dreamed of being an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise, maybe it's like, like whether it's on paper, whether it's in a game, whatever, like this is how you can do this. This is the game for you. When you download Ultimate Baseball GM, you go in there, you control your organization. You can hire coaches, you can hire staff, uh, obviously. So like the money, you're managing the money of the team. You can scout and draft players, deal with the personalities, but you can find guys that are schematic fits for what you want your coaches to do. Maybe you want to focus on hitting home runs. Maybe you want to focus on base running and, and speed. Whatever you want to do, you can customize your roster majors and minors to do that. You navigate this franchise through free agency, the ups, the downs of a season, you don't actually pl- have to play the games. You are the general manager. You are organizing everything. You are in charge of what this organization does. You are trying to bring your city and your owner a championship. I have downloaded it. Uh, obviously, promo code locked on in the game store. You get a 100% boost to your franchise. But it's been a ton of fun for me to kind of look and say, you know, I talk about prospects all the time. And I talk about the things that I look for in pitchers or in hitters or in fielders. And it's interesting to be able to take this game and put all of those ideas that I have that I talk about on this show into practice and see, can I really build a fantastic and competitive team using the ideas that I talk about on this show? It's a fan, it's it's tons of fun. It is completely free. So Locked on MLB Prospects listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check that out. Download the game. Visit ProBaseballGM.com. You can scan the code or look it up on the app stores. ProBaseballGM.com. That is for the ultimate baseball GM app. Start your dynasty today. Okay, some of the interesting news and notes from spring training that we've seen some guys that we've talked about before and some guys that we haven't. Oselvis Basabe, shortstop for the Rays, has had a pretty interesting spring so far. Uh, so, reminder here, he was actually international free agency signing by the Rangers. They had gotten a bunch of extra uh, bonus space uh, to try to sign Shohei Otani. Then they traded Oselvis Basabe to the Rays in the deal that got them Nate Lowe. So, 10 games in spring training so far. And caveat, these are small sample sizes, so they're going to be rather extreme. 500, 550, 722 slash line for Selvis Basabe. One home run, two extra base hits, 
Two walks to two strikeouts and two of two on stolen bases. The thing here to know, a guy I don't think we've ever mentioned on the show, okay, was one of the younger players. He was only 21 years old last year in A Montgomery in the Southern League. 333 batting average, uh, one of the best in the league amongst guys that had at least 200 at-bats. So that's kind of his game. Very, very good contact ability. I'd call him a plus hitter. Uh, something where the question is, what is the power ceiling? Uh, it, is a, it is a smooth swing. It is very much a kind of flat and level swing. Tons of line drives. Tons of hard contact. Doesn't really have significant loft on the ball. Not hitting the ball up in the air a ton. Like I said, last year, 112 games between high A and double A. 324, 385, 462. Four home runs, 48 extra base hits. So he had 44 hits, extra base hits that were not home runs. Five were triples, the rest were all doubles. It's like I said, tons of line drives here, right? 44, sorry, 40 walks to 59 strikeouts in 112 games. So keeps the strikes out, strikeouts down. 21 to 26 on stolen bases. Very, again, very good contact ability. Power is decidedly below average. Some of that is the swing. Some of that is just uh, the physical stuff. He's 6'1", 165, 170. So not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, Speed is, he's above average right now. I think if he bulked up a little bit too much to chase some of that power, he'd probably back down to to average speed. But despite that, I like him defensively at second and at third both. Because his instincts are very, very good. He's got good hands as far as, uh, you know, like the the transfer and the quick release. And so despite uh, the range not being phenomenal or not having the amazing physical tools, he's a very headsy baseball player. Uh, Feels like a guy that I could see him being a second baseman. I could see him being third baseman, but like a utility fill-in guy who fills in multiple times a week. I don't know if the power sealing the cap on that power is going to hurt him as far as future potential and being an everyday regular. But uh, Basabe has looked very good in spring training. I like what I have seen uh, and excited to see what he continues to do. Uh, Jason Dominguez, very controversial prospect. We'll call him that because a lot of people feel like that they are disappointed in what he has become. He is having a very good spring. 10 games. 429, 500, 1,000. Four home runs. All of his extra base hits are home runs. Three walks to three strikeouts and one for one on stolen bases. You'll remember last year, low A, high A, double A. It was something where he was a little bit slow to get going, it felt like. Uh, Total slash line was 273, 376, 461. 16 home runs, 46 extra base hits. 72 walks to 128 strikeouts in 120 games and 37 to 44 on stolen bases. But once he got going, high A Hudson Valley, 306, 397, 510. Very close to that 300, 400, 500 slash line we talked about. And the big change for Jason Dominguez right now is the speed has returned. We talked about he was incredibly fast when he was signed. And as he developed physically, he lost some of that speed. 
and it kind of got him down to about average speed or, or, or so. I would bring him back up now into probably above average to plus in there. And so uh, the reads, the routes, the reactions have looked better with the speed. Uh, it feels like a scenario, and it, it it's hard to put this into words, but it feels like a scenario where he has enough speed now where he doesn't have to worry about being able to make the play. And so because of that, he's more aggressive in the outfield. He's more assertive in the outfield, playing center, calling off other guys, ranging to make the plays, because he's not having to worry, can I get to that ball? He knows he can get to the ball because the speed has improved. And so instead, he can now be more assertive about calling off a shortstop who's backing up or calling off a left fielder who's trying to make an awkward angle catch, uh, you know, low and in in the gap. He can call him off and make the catch himself. So very impressed with what he's done. I do not think, just up front, I do not think you are going to see him in New York early in the season. I know Harrison Bader has a strained oblique. And is going to miss a couple weeks. Despite that, I think you have options. Um, obviously, outfield options for left field. You were looking at Estevan Florial. You were looking at Aaron Hicks. You, Oswaldo Cabrera still does exist. Uh, Aaron Judge has played center field and can play center field. I think you have multiple options that you would use in the outfield early in the season before you call up Jason Dominguez. Now, I do think that there is runway here for Jason Dominguez to come up late in the year. He's probably going to start off, I'd imagine, at double-A Somerset. He did go to the AFL. I think you could see him possibly at triple-A Scranton Wilkes Bar, but it feels like double-A Somerset is where he's going to go to start this year. And if he does as well this year as he did uh, late in the year last year, and as he looked in the fall league, and as he looks in spring, I very much think it is possible you could see Jason Dominguez up in late August, early September, making an impact at the major league level. And then if you time it right, getting just enough time like a Corbin Carroll, where he gets comfortable, you see how guys want to attack him, and then you turn around and he's the favorite for rookie of the year in 2024. Third guy I've been watching in spring, kind of impressed with, Lawrence Butler of the A's. Got an 11 game so far, 550, 625, 1,000. One home run, six extra base hits, four walks to three strikeouts, two or two on stolen bases. Uh, the things here, the reason that I'm, that I'm impressed is he had a really long, dramatically up, upward angled swing, right? And so when you do that, you have issues with swing and miss up in the zone. It's just something where you literally can't get the bat on the ball because your swing is such an extreme angle. You don't spend a bunch of time in the strike zone. Neither does that pitch. And so you're trying to catch this moving thing at an angle. It doesn't work that well. He's lowered the loft a little bit. The strike zone recognition has improved. I like what I've seen in the spring from Lawrence Butler. Uh, it's been mostly mechanical. Again, the patience is good. He's still going to strike out a lot. He's still going to strike out 
20, 25% of the time, but it's not going to be like last year's 31% that he was doing. Uh, and, and so like in, in high A Lansing. So I like him as somebody who's improved. I expect he'll probably go to double A to start the year. Uh, 81 games last year, 270, 357, 468, 11 home runs, 33 extra base hits, 40 walks to 105 strikeouts, 13 to 18 on stolen bases. I like him to go to double A. He's played all three positions. I feel like right field's probably the place for him to be. The arm is average to above average. He just needs more experience. He was a first baseman when he first um, got drafted in 2018. They moved him to the outfield, but he's played all three. He needs to focus on one. I'd focus him in right field. I think the profile fits well there and give him some time. And I think you're looking at a potential Lawrence Butler in 2024 at the major league level scenario, or maybe late this year, if some of the other options for Oakland don't work out and or Ramon Laureano is traded and you have an extra spot for an extra outfielder on the roster in August and September. In just a minute, let's look at some of the top prospects in the World Baseball Classic and how they're doing. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We are on the verge of uh, the NCAA tournament. And so go to FanDuel. You can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything. Money line, point scores, threes drained, all that kind of stuff. You know, play different player player points, rebounds, assists. Put all that in there. And then you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So, don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, World Baseball Classic has been going on all weekend. It was fantastic, tons of fun to watch. As we record this on Monday, there's more games coming up. Some teams have already advanced. Some teams have only played one game. But some interesting performances. Uh, Edward Julian, we talk about the Canadian prospect God of Walks all the time. Really interesting debut for him for Team Canada. He went one for two. With one home run, one RBI, and three runs scored. And he scored three runs because he also, in that game, walked four times. So he came to the plate six times. Six plate appearances. Two official at-bats. One for two in, uh, in at-bats, but scored three runs because he walked four times with only one strikeout. Playing second base for Team Canada has looked really good. Sal Frelick of the Brewers, has been playing for Team Italy in four games in the tournament. Seven for 18, four RBIs, three doubles for Sal Frelick. Uh, One walk to no strikeouts, and he's stolen a base. The story on Sal Frelick, 2021 first rounder out of Boston College. A little bit of a stature-wise of a smaller guy, 5'9", 5'10", 175 or so. But his game is predicated on he is very fast, uh, he has very good contact ability, and he can put stuff into the gaps really well. And so that's what we've seen him do here in this tournament. Um, 
He's he's pl- you know, obviously playing in the outfield, flashing the 70 speed. The arm's a little bit below average, so he's not like a prototypical right fielder. You're either going to put him in center or in left. But it's something where the range is good, the instincts are good, the reads, routes, reactions work out well. But the big thing is he is here for offense. He's not just like a like a slap hitter. I mean, he can he he will square a ball up, put it into the gap. It's not quite a foul pole to foul pole, but he can go opposite third. He can uh, take something inside and 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 get out in front of it and pull it, line drive down the line, things like that. Very very good at uh, recognizing what a pitcher is trying to do and respond to it. Uh, putting on a show for Italy and kind of does this thing where it makes it difficult now for the Brewers. We've talked about how many outfielders they have. We were looking at, obviously, Kristen Yelich still probably in left field. Uh, You were looking at Garrett Mitchell as your starting center fielder and like Brian Anderson in right. Since um, Tyrone Taylor sprained his elbow, there's a little bit of a hamstring question with Garrett Mitchell. And so if Mitchell isn't able to come up and start the year because of that. And I think he will. I'm not 100% sure. I think he's going to be fine. But there's an opening there for Sal Frelick to come in and make this roster. And then obviously, if you do, if you move some kind of, some guys around, you decide to bring Anderson back into the infield, things like that, you have a right field spot open where I think you keep Mitchell in center, you move Frelick to right, or flop those guys around. Either way, you've got two phenomenal defenders out there who are both incredibly fast, can cover a ton of ground. The third guy who I've been really impressed with getting the chance to watch, and I think that this has been great for him to have this experience, is catcher Harry Ford of the Mariners. 2021 first rounder out of high school, and he is the starting catcher for Great Britain. Uh, Last year, 104 games in low A. 274, 425, 438, 11 home runs, 38 extra base hits, 88 walks to 115 strikeouts, 23 to 28 on stolen bases. In the two games that I've seen so far in the World Baseball Classic, one for seven, a home run and three RBIs, but struck out four times. Offensively, I mean, he's, I think he's just now 20 years old. He turned turned 20 in late February. He's obviously not ready for the bigs, but... He's getting exposure against much, like, very good pitching. Probably better pitching than he would be facing if he went back to low A Modesto with the Nuts next year or moved on to high A. And the thing with Harry Ford is he's such a unique athlete. He has that very compact and and stocky build, but he's also very fast for his size very flexible, very athletic. It kind of, uh, the, the, the comparison I've seen has been like a wrestler, right? That kind of, ex, uh, that, that kind of quick tit twitch that you need at, you know, the, out of a small frame, like a wrestler, but with good speed. And so it really manifests itself offensively. He's got the swing very much uncoils and just, but bat whistles through the zone. Incredibly quick swing. The contact ability, I've got him as probably an above average hitter. Uh, the power right now, probably average or so. He's got really good uh, pitch recognition, really good strike zone discipline. Still has some issues getting the power into the game 
but when he does, it's home runs from left center to right center, so from gap to gap. He's not pulling everything down the line, trying to get home runs, things like that. It's kind of natural strength. He does really good against lefties, still struggles with fastballs up in the zone, swing and miss on things like that. So work to do, but have been very impressed with Harry Ford uh, so far in the tournament, and a lot of the the impress the, the impressiveness has been on the defense. Again, lots of athleticism, lots of tools, but he had to do some work on the blocking. I like what I've seen him doing moving laterally. Uh, I like the arm strength that I've seen from him, even just between innings, the throwdowns to second after warm-up pitches. I like what I've seen. He just needs to be exposed, and I think this is where uh, being on Great Britain's team doesn't help. He needs to be exposed to really good pitching as a receiver so he can work on receiving it. It's a little bit different when you're catching these, you know, these throws from these Great Britain p- uh, pitchers versus a top prospect that you'll that you'll get a chance to catch in the minors. So honestly, I kind of wish he was in spring training so he could be just catching all of Matt Brash's bullpens. Like I want him catching ridiculously or catching George Kirby, just catching ridiculous spin, all of that stuff, seeing how it does. But either way. Very impressed with Harry Ford and what he's done behind the plate so far, how he's managed the staff, things like that. And I think this is invaluable experience for him uh, as he moves through the minor leagues, probably looking at a high A to double A thing this year at age 20. And then you're looking at a 24 to 25 call up, depending on team needs, depending on how well he does with some of that lateral stuff and what the power does coming in. Fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link's in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.